There are many of us who dream of taking the big leap from the corporate world to the world of entrepreneurship. Our guest on today's Cashflow show has done just that, and she's been kind enough to share her journey thus far. All will be revealed after the intro, so stay tuned for episode three of the Cashflow show. Hello and welcome. I'm Clayton M. Coke, and I'm also the host for The Cashflow Show, the radio show that's disguised in the shape of a podcast, but with so much more. Every week, we'll be interviewing someone inspiring from the business world and finding out how they started in business, what their trials and tribulations were, and how they intend to grow their business in the future. We will also be finding out about what they do in their spare time, as well as asking them to pick a book, a film and a favourite single or album and to share their reasons for doing so. So why not join us at the Cashflow Show? It's not just a radio show, it's a whole new way of doing business. Hello and welcome to episode three and we have our guest for this afternoon and that guest is Karen Daniel of Planner at Hand. Welcome to the Cashflow Show, Karen. Thank you, Clayton. Thank you for having me. You're most welcome. First of all, we want to get into your business and what you do. Okay, well, I have been in business a few years now, but my core business is event management. I have been doing it for approximately 30 years without giving away too much about my age. Yeah, don't reveal that, don't reveal that. <laughs> now, what I do is I run corporate events as well as private events, i.e. Um, special occasion birthdays, 30th, 40th, 50th, that type of thing. I try and steer clear of children's parties because I'm not an expert at it. And I just don't do children. My child's in his 30s now, and that's the best I can do. (laughs) (laughs) I stick to my expertise, which is adults. (laughs) Now, for those who have children, please don't be offended. This is is nothing against your little kiddiewinks and um, uh, and your little young persons. This is just a personal choice and a business choice. Absolutely. With business, you, you know, you need to stick to what you know. And I have done corporate events for over 25 years for a large law firm, for a large insurance company, running the department and doing business development. That particular experience encouraged me to take the leap um, once I felt I was prepared and ready to be self-employed because I just wanted to be my own boss. So my experience is from the corporate background and which and I have brought into my new business as an event manager helping those that need the help. Okay, that's good, that's good. I mean, people always want to know, when, especially when I go to networking events, mm. I don't know if it's the same thing with you, mm. but people always want to know, is it your business? So obviously, this is your business, mm-hmm. you're the founder of Planner at Hand. Mm-hmm. So let's go back before we go forward. Let's look at what inspired you to necessarily take that leap. What what was the thing that made you think from your corporate background? Was there a particular day that you said to yourself, damn, there is no way that I'm going to be involved in the corporate world anymore without defaming anybody? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you said that, because <laughs> that was coming next. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> I would never do that in the sense that... My experience has been a great experience. I, You know, I can't knock any company that I have worked for because everywhere has been a lesson learned. Now, what happened was I was 
organising very large events, very large budgets. I feel that I reached a cap in my career whereby I literally couldn't give any more. I was answering to people and I wasn't getting the support that I felt I needed to take it further, to implement ideas that I thought would help staff. So I, I was kind of handcuffed a little bit along the way. And if I'm honest, when I got to the age of 50, I was at a stage in my life, what do I do now? And to be honest, I was made redundant. And I was like, it's either now or never to be the creator of my own destiny. And I decided I'm going to take that risk. And even if it doesn't work, I can start to look for a job. But I wanted to give myself that opportunity, that opportunity to make it work for me, that opportunity to see if this is what is best for me, to see if I can actually offer something to those out there. I was always getting inquiries and asked for help from family and friends. And, and it was... It was time. I just felt that it was time. There wasn't a particular time where I said, no, enough. It took me about a year to have the strength to take that next step, if I'm honest. But it, it kind of turned around when I reached the age of 50. So for you, people were here, planner at hand, somebody who knows your background mm -hmm. in the corporate world. Mm -hmm. What is Planner at Hand and what does Planner at Hand do and what probably does it do differently from what you did in your corporate background? Well, Planner at Hand, because it's an interactive service, okay. we offer a one-to-one -one service. It's very bespoke. Now, the way it works differently is that I can control <laughs> what we do, where we go, how much you spend... But in the corporate industry, you know, you're very much put in a box to the location and the content. Now, because I'm working with private customers, private clients, okay. I can do a bespoke event that they want with my input. And the way it works for me so far, it's a lot of recommendations. I work a lot based on recommendations and people that may search me via my website and so forth. But because a lot of my clients know me, they know what I can offer them and they are happy to say, okay, well, I might just want somebody on the day to help with an event, i.e. a wedding or something like that. So it's very much how much or how little they want. We are there to offer you a hand. That's why I called it Planner at Hand. Okay. So, so we can just give you a hand. <laughs> I'm always intrigued by people's business names. And mm. uh, when we started... I had no idea of SEO and Google wasn't really around and mm. that stuff, you know, if people can remember a world when Google didn't exist, I think very few people can. Mm. But there was a time when it didn't exist and SEO was just three letters in the alphabet. Mm. And I think that to a certain extent, even though I like the company name that we chose, eventually, if I'd have gone back in reality mm. and I'd known what I'd known nine, I would have chosen something completely different. So I, I understand why you, you know, you chose Planner at Hand because that was effectively the name that was going to define your business. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it's all within the branding and it's all within the name. Because even... I mean, we probably talk about networking at a later stage in this interview, but I get a lot of business cards 
and I don't always, at the end of the day or the, even 20, within 24 hours, log them all on my database. So when I'm looking back through them and it's just got a name and a website, you think, well, what do you do? Who are you? What service do you offer? <laughs> I think it's key to have a brand or a name that you can associate with what you're actually offering, which is why I thought Planner at Hand kind of gives the story within that title. That's why I went with that. Well, I'll tell you the reason why you're making me laugh by saying this is that I went to a business show, I think it was um, last week. Yeah. And this chap, basically, I, uh, I met and had a conversation with him. Nice chap. Mm. And then he says, it was great seeing you at the Call and Contact Expo. From our understanding, you work for a debt management recovery company. Mm. And... Uh, you just get the feeling that sometimes some people just didn't read the business card. Just don't understand. Yeah, <laughs> they just exactly. don't get it. They just don't so, get it. So, you know, I think to a certain extent, having that name and that a clear direction as to what people understand, by sometimes that's the hardest thing because, Absolutely. you know, to develop the identity. Yeah. And I think... Developing an identity is interesting, especially if you've done business or not done business before. The thing is, is that this is your first business. Yes. But in terms of business, I always try to find out, do people come from an entrepreneurial background? Is your family involved in business? You know, were your parents involved in business? Because sometimes you can see... Mm -hmm. kids and they're going to be entrepreneurial because that's what they see their parents do mm -hmm. i didn't necessarily really have that my my dad was entrepreneurial in jamaica you mm -hmm. know that was yeah it mm -hmm. was because everybody had to be that mm -hmm. was it it was subsistence farming however mm -hmm. in terms of you is that something that you saw and you tapped into or is it something that in your family you're one of the first people to decide to go it alone to be honest um it's been around me my mum in particular okay. um, was very entre entrepreneurial in the sense that my father passed away when we was very young mm -hmm. and my mum was a dressmaker. Um, she sold items. She was always doing things okay. to make a few extra shekels, you know, in them days. It was every little penny, yeah. well, well, as it is now. And um, even though she had two jobs... She was still making clothes for neighbours and things like that. She was a seamstress. She would buy and sell items. So in today's society, you, I suppose you would call her an entrepreneur, but she never classified herself as an entrepreneur. She was a widow bringing up her children and she was making ends meet. In order to do so, she found ways. And she's, she's always been, you know, my hero. She's always been somebody I aspire to be like. Mm -hmm. And because of her strength and her character and her resilience, I've kind of followed in that footstep. But I am the only one of us, I would say, um, from her siblings that has actually got that entrepreneurial spirit because everybody else, you know, works in high-profile jobs but not as entrepreneurs as such, mm. if I'm honest. Okay. I mean, I'm, I always look at 
families in terms of there, there's always one person that's a particular entrepreneur and there's one person that goes down that particular yeah, road. That's true. And whereas, you know, very rarely do you have a family of entrepreneurs. Mm. There are, you know, there's usually a few, mm. but, you know, maybe a small amount, maybe one or two, but you usually get that one or two people who have that drive and yeah. that consistency. So the next, so can I, if I could interject, yeah, the yeah. next generation, however, yeah. are very much... Um, entrepreneurs, my nephews, mm-hmm. my son. My son works and he's, you know, opened two different businesses now and he's very much entrepreneurial. But it seems to have jumped a generation. Yeah, I, I, I can <laughs> see that. But I suppose to a certain extent, well, I'm going to make my political point, which I always Go do. <laughs> well, no, here because we as, as far as I'm concerned, I think when our parents came here from Africa and Caribbean, people wanted to just into integrate. Yes. And I think our generation, because we you and I have a similar age at the mm-hmm. end of the day, we sort of for the most part tended to follow wanting to integrate mm-hmm. more into that kind mm-hmm. of situation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I, I tended to find. And I, it's only I think now with the availability of the internet, the ability yes. to start up a business, we don't have that that mental barrier that yes. probably our parents had that that starting up a business was for other people. Yeah. Whereas people are now talking about, I've got a side hustle. Yeah. You know, I've got a side... <laughs> yeah. What kind of your side hustle? You're not going to side hustle. You're a bloody idiot. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, yeah, it's true. It's, true. it's I've, so true. I've got a side hustle. No, you haven't got a side hustle. You're just doing something, blah, blah, blah. Don't make it sound more exciting than, than it really it is. is. Yeah. You know, it, it's good that you're doing it. Yeah. Fair enough, everybody should have the opportunity to be the master of their own destiny. But, you know, the people who had side hustles, they did it because it was an economic necessity, very much like your mom. Yes, It was an economic necessity. You did it because the fact is the the wages and the salary that you were going to get wasn't going to go any higher or wasn't going to... Your your career um, uh, opportunities were not going to expand any further mm-hmm. than where you were re- already were. Absolutely. So as a consequence of that, the so-called side hustle was <laughs> the big hustle. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Absolutely, I agree. So you could have done uh, quite a few things, but what made you concentrate on the events planning, events management scenario in terms of business because sometimes people choose redundancy mm-hmm. and then what they do as a case of being redundant is basically to turn around and say okay i'm going to completely change my life and i'm going to be a train spotter but people choose that you didn't remove yourself far from what you're already doing yeah i mean i was doing i mean when i um left my last business i was um doing project management um, but my key skills prior to that was um, business development, stroke event management. It's what I know. It's um, what I'm passionate about. It gives me the freedom to have a balanced life. Um, I like going out. I like meeting people. I love speaking to people. It's what I do best. So in any business, if it's something that you do and you do well, that's a good start. So I felt that there wasn't really any question about what I was going to go into business doing because this was me. This is my passion. And this is what I knew would take me to the next level. And if it doesn't, then I can always go back to project management or admin, secretary or whatever. I'm multi-skilled on all of those things, but it doesn't give me the joy that event management does. 
Okay, let me ask you a question now. And the question is, is this. I hear a lot of talk about people who say, you know, I'm going to start a business and, mm. you know, you can't really succeed in business unless you've got, you're, you're going to risk everything and, you, and you, you're going to do all of this stuff and then, you know, you don't have a safety net. Mm -hmm. That's the only way you can do it. Mm -hmm. What do you say to that? That's very true, but all of that is true. Mm. You do need a safety net, which, which is where, you know, sponsors or investors come in. You've got to get the right funding. You've got to be resilient and you've got to have the willpower. There is risk. Of course there's risk. There's loads of risk. You know, one day you can be um, flush and the next day it's bread and water. But that's the risk with starting your own business. By no means has it been um, plain sailing. And I would say to anybody that wants to start their own business, think about it and think about it hard before you take that jump because you need to be prepared for the good, the bad and the extremely ugly. Mm. I remember there was, uh, and I will always quote this, and it's going to keep cropping up. It's going to keep cropping up over all of the podcasts that I do. And it was, I went to an evening, the Evening Standard used to have events down at sort of Guildhall and various other places and I remember there was one event, I think Theopophetis was at one, and they had a few other people as well. And there was an Irish guy, and I wish I could remember his name, because the quote that he made when he was making his presentation has stuck with me ever since. And he said, there's no good business, there's no bad business, mm -hmm. it's just business. It's absolutely. Yeah, I've heard that yeah. quote before yeah. as well. Yeah. And the fact is, is that I think that there are a lot of people who don't seem to understand. People make business as if it's so sexy, as if, yeah. it's, as if they're in a, a, a rock band, yeah. you know, you know, th yeah. th you know. This is what I find quite interesting because it, a lot of it is about, as you say, determination, mm -hmm. having the, the guts to get up and start something, mm -hmm. I think it's probably worse now for younger people. Because mm -hmm. if you've got an idea and you stick it on Instagram and nobody likes it, mm. you know, everybody wants to top themselves. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because, Mental awareness yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, absolutely. They, 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 can't, they can't handle it. Mm. Because for the simple reason is, is that you put yourself out there, you don't know what people's response is going to be. Yeah. But in business, I've done things and it's been a complete disaster. Absolutely. And I, you know, it's just like, I remember I sent out a newsletter once and anybody who's got my newsletter, I read it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I sent out a newsletter once and it was so disheartening. I didn't send out another newsletter for 10 years. But the, yeah, <laughs> and this is what happens. You've got to, when you get those knocks, you've got to brush yourself off and get back on, you know, on the car, what's the word? On the saddle. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's, you're going to get a lot of that. With any industry, whatever industry you're in, whichever kind of business you're running, Nothing is plain sailing, no. particularly in the first two years. You have to have so much willpower, really be really thick-skinned, mm. and that resilience because you will get a knockback. Yeah. Don't ever think that it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to start a business and it's easy. It's never easy. I don't know anybody that started a business and it's just taken off. If they have, they're lying. Well, the thing is... Sometimes when they say that they have, it's not their first business. It's not their, it's their exactly. second or third it's their business. Or They've third been beaten business. up a bit a few Absolutely. times. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and but remember, there's a lot of things 
and that's why I love networking meetings. Yes. I love people that come up to you and say, oh, my business is doing so great. We're so fantastic. We're taking over the world. It's absolutely wonderful. Well, good for you. Yeah, and I'm thinking, you're talking. Yeah. I'll beat that me. before you. Because yeah. <laughs> it's rubbish. Yeah. If you tell me, oh, God, there's some days when it's fantastic yeah. and I'm on top of the world yeah. and there's some days at the end of the day I could just top myself, yeah. then... But that's realistic that, talk. That's realistic talk. And that's what I want to hear from people. People yeah. who come to me with all of this stuff. Yeah. Unless you've got venture capital people who are mm. throwing money at you <laughs> and they basically have got money that they're not spending on strippers or cocaine and they yeah. want to throw it at you, yeah. then get, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. But in the reality of the world that we live in, it's all about hard work, trying things a million and one times. Absolutely. Until it happens. So, you know, it's... It's interesting, but I want to move on from that and I want to move on to the fact of, you know, you've got your idea in terms of your business. Mm. How long did it take you to put your idea into action and what prompted you to act? It took me about six months. Okay. Yeah, it averaged about six months. I took some time out. I had a holiday. I'd done some brainstorming with a few different friends. <laughs> okay. And just kind of considered which, which way I wanted to go and how I was going to do this. And I just took the first steps, registered my company with Companies House, um, started to create my website. I looked at my budget of sort of like what sort of money I had to live on. You know, the, 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 the common sense kind of things, the common sense approach. You know, how much do I need to survive for this business to survive? And, um, it took me about six months or so and to get my business plan in order and... Uh, just start to think about how I was going to start to generate leads, you know, do more professional um, development and just really think about next steps and how this is going to work and reach out to people that I knew and try a thing. Do you feel that when people get the idea of having a business or forming a business or founding a business, do you get the feeling that people just do it on a whim and they don't necessarily think that there are... What's the best way to do it? There are consequences, but also that I get the feeling with a lot of people in business is that parallel between business and personal relationships or yeah. love-based relationships yeah. are very interesting to me. Mm -hmm. And the same way that people rush into a love-based relationship, oh, I love you, I think you're fantastic. Yeah. And then a couple of weeks that you realise that this person snores, their feet smell, and yeah. you know it's, <laughs> it, it's not going to be a match made in heaven. Yeah. Uh, I, I think in terms of business, people do the same thing. People get swept away with the idea of, course. of being an entrepreneur yeah. and not realizing at the end of the day for most people we, we we you know you you're on linkedin i'm on linkedin we see what happens yeah and one of the things that you see is is the way that so-called success is celebrated and marketed and uh, put forward to people mm -hmm. and what i find disheartening in terms of that situation in terms of the perception is for example I saw that there were 5,000 people that viewed somebody making a cup of tea and the problem with the making of the cup of tea was the fact that they put the milk in first. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and 5,000 people had viewed Are that. Are you serious? Yeah, 5,000 people. What's wrong putting the milk in first? Well, well it's considered not... <laughs> <laughs> I know somebody that makes it. I don't drink tea, so I don't uh, okay. make it. But I know uh, it, someone that puts the tea in, uh, it, the milk in it's, first. It's considered to be extremely bad form. <laughs> Is it bad for your health? I mean, everybody okay. to their own, but we won't get into that debate. <laughs> but I can understand that. But, I mean, 5,000 views for making a 
a cup of tea. I mean, seriously. Well, but that's that's what it's reduced to now. Yeah. Because the fact Perfected. is, it's got to that stage where people are defining what they believe is business or yeah. what they believe is success. Yeah. You know, people people think that if you've got an idea and you've got a company and it hasn't taken off in two years and yeah. you haven't sold your backside to Google, yeah. then at the end of the day, it's the end of the world. That's right, Or you haven't yeah. sold your backside to, to, to Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the reality, everybody's basically in a position, it's like, oh, you're a failure. Yeah. And the fact is, is that we all know that most businesses pre the internet era, it took years for you, to grow, for you to grow a business. Absolutely. Years. But, you know, failure is in your mindset. Of course. And it depends on how you determine um, failure to yourself. I mean, if you give up, then you failed, obviously. Yep. But you could fail a hundred times, but you you try a hundred and one times, and you actually start to achieve something, then you can say, right, I've succeeded. But if you actually say to yourself, oh, I give up, then you failed. The whole point of starting a business is to never give up. You, if you are passionate about something and you believe in something, you have confidence and belief in yourself, you never give up. But do you think that sometimes people... I think I read somewhere and I think that the saying is, is that most people who end up working for people were only a few inches away of succeeding in their own particular goal. Yeah. And the fact is, then people then give up. But there are sometimes there's giving up and then there's flogging a dead horse. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, absolutely. You need to know when to give up. Yeah, exactly. You know, you need to know this ain't happening. <laughs> you know, you, because you've got to change direction. It's like um, in your business plan, mm -hmm. it's always uh, recommended because it's, it's a changing document because you've got to change with the times, you've got to change with circumstances. So if something ain't working, don't be scared to change direction. Of course. If I find that in, say, three, four years, in the next, say, two years, this really isn't happening for me, I'm not going to be scared to say, you know what, that didn't work, and give up. Mm. I won't give up on my dream. I'll give up on that particular project and, and try something else. Because I'm not going to slog a dead horse and pretend, OK, this is, this is working and it's not you have to know when to try something different, of try course. something new. Of course. And the problem is, is that that's why most businesses, what they call pivot. Yeah. That, you know, that, that's the, the term that they, they tend yeah. to use. And that pivoting really is just saying, because you sometimes meet somebody and they say, oh, and you say, oh, um, uh, you know, you didn't used to sell beef burgers. Oh, now it's all, you know, it's all vegan stuff now. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know. Change with the times. Yeah, and that's a classic example. And I use Greg's as a classic example. Yes. Today. Now, Greg's there, their meat pie or their uh, meat <laughs> slice and their cheese and onion slice and their whatever yeah. chicken slice. And then it's now it's vegan sausage rolls. Yeah. People are kicking down the door for yeah. vegan sausage rolls. They've had to change with the times. Yeah. And the fact is, it's amazing how they've managed to go from yeah. a meat pasty business, effectively. Yeah to a very sophisticated, we've got a cafe with a, you know, uh, you know, good coffee and you can get, you know, a, a roll, you can get a sandwich, you can mm. get vegan sausage rolls, you can get your traditional sausage rolls. They've covered the whole spectrum. Oh, but course. also smart enough to realise what we can also do is to basically sell the stuff that we sell in the shop as frozen stuff to Iceland. Yeah. So people who want that experience, they can have that at home. So... It, you have to be able to do that, and I think you're right. You you can't flog a dead horse, no. but you've got to know when 
when to move forward from there. Yeah. I mean, you know, those those situations, as you said, you mentioned fear, you mentioned giving up. What do you think, without necessarily revealing too much, has mm -hmm. been your scariest moment so far as an entrepreneur? Oh, God. <laughs> now you're asking a question. <laughs> scariest moments. Getting to the end of the month and having not having sufficient funds to pay your mortgage. It's scary. Of course it's scary. There's been loads of scary moments, but it's more on a financial basis of because course. I've taken the risk. Of course. And if I don't have sufficient funds to pay my bills, I could lose my home. Mm. So, yeah, every day it's scary because unless I find the sufficient funds to cover those bills, mm. not just to cover business expenses, it's personal life expenses. Mm. But that's the risk you take. Of course it is. And <laughs> this is what people need to understand. It's not just about saying, oh, I'm a business owner or I'm a CEO or I'm a founder or I run my own business. It's a lot more than that. Of course. And people see you out and about and, you know, you're doing your business or you're doing entertaining because I am on social media a lot because obviously when I organise events, you know, I post it or if I'm uh, attending networking, because you need to engage with social of media. Course. This is the society where you You have to. to. It's the 21st century. Absolutely. It's absolutely rude not to. But they'll see that and they think, oh, she's doing really well. I'm working. I'm working or I'm networking or I'm doing what I need to do to generate business. Of course. I mean, but <laughs> I have the same conversation with my father. Mm. See, he, and I say, he's, he's at home, he's, he, he's over from Jamaica and he's sitting there and he's chilling. Mm. And then he sees me and he, I've got the suit on, I've got the tie on and I'm ready to go out the door. And he says, hmm. <laughs> you know, that West Indian style. Yep. Hmm. Oh, you look like you're going out to drink wine tonight. <laughs> <laughs> because he thinks this, this is a social thing. He, yeah. he, does, he doesn't get it. He doesn't yeah. understand how it's, it's done. Business. He doesn't understand how yeah. it's done. It's business. And... and <laughs> But for him, it's a big, big, big social event. Mm. And, you know, he's just like, oh, right, you're off to drink wine now, That's aren't you? Right. This is what it's all about. And I'm thinking, no. do you know, it's not every day that you want to put on your game face. Yes. It's not every day you feel that you want to mingle with people. Yes. Sometimes, you know, you just want to chill out. Yes. But the fact is, you're in business. You've got to do business. Yeah. And as I said, social media, and we'll come back onto that a bit later on, mm. is, as I said, is a fantastic tool, but it's also a very dangerous tool. Absolutely. And so and we're going to use that as a means of sticking a pin as to where we are. We're going to go and take a break now and we'll be hearing from our sponsors. We'll be right back after that break. Bad debtors can rob you of your time and money. They can destroy your whole business within weeks. Archaic debt collection agencies and expensive legal fees will drain your cash flow. But in one day, the PRMS Business Debt Prevention Course will teach you how to create late payment management procedures, invoice for immediate settlement, and eradicate existing debt. You'll study real-life examples to drag your business out of the red. Visit www.prmsltd.co.uk or call 0203-865-7138 to register now before bad debtors make your business another failed statistic. 
Hello and welcome back to the Cashflow Show with our guest, Karen Daniel of Planner at Hand. And obviously Karen's been keeping us up to date with her, the progress of her business, the trials and the tribulations, which is what we want to hear about here on the Cashflow Show. We want to hear about the reality of business as opposed to the sugar-coated um, Instagram famous facade that people think that business really is. So we're going to move on to something a bit more light-hearted now. We've got the light-hearted part. Part of the show where we get to know a bit more about Karen, about what she likes and what she doesn't like. And so... <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's have it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Here we go. Now, <laughs> we've got a list of questions here. And obviously, this is this one is all... The, as anybody who's listened to the Cashflow show before knows that this section is mandatory. You have to answer these questions. Whether or not you choose to answer the other ones, it's not a problem. But these ones always come up. And Karen Daniel, planner at hand, mm -hmm. what is your favourite film and why? Oh, uh, my favourite film yeah. of all time, I'm not sure if you've heard of it, Imitation of Life. Have yeah, you heard, yeah, of, heard it? of it? Yeah. It was an amazing film. It was one of the first films where I actually... I just cried and cried and cried. It's quite an old it, one, isn't it? Yeah. It, um, do you know um, Janita Moore, the black woman that acts in it as well? Oh, is that it's, the one where she's passing as...? Yeah, her daughter, um, Lana Turner, is the actress. Right. And she works for... Uh, Janita Moore, the, the, the black widow, works for her right. as her nanny. Right. And the children are brought up together. Right. But unfortunately, the black lady's daughter, she thinks that she's white. Okay. And she pretends that she's white. Okay. And she moves away from home. And it's all about her losing her identity, really. And it's only when it was too late when the mother passed away that, and, you know, you see her running down the street after the horse and cart and the beautiful funeral, mm. crying her eyes. Oh, I didn't mean it. It was just a really tear-jerking and emotional film. It was just... Something that's always stuck with me, and I've watched it again and again. I just love it. I, I just love it. I just love it. It's good because you know we like to hear different people's opinions and different films, and it's it's amazing the contrast that you get in terms of different people's films and mm. what and why they like them. Mm. And that's an interesting film. And as I said before, I don't. I have not actually seen it. Oh, but... it's a must say. <laughs> okay, it's a must say. <laughs> if you're sitting down, relaxing, chilling out. With your wife, a glass of wine, watch it. Okay. It's an old, it's a yeah, yeah, black yeah, and white. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember it being that. Okay. So, favorite book? Did you choose one or did is that something that you didn't choose? I've got a few different books, actually. One called Passion. It's one of Is it all right? Is it is it safe? Not really. <laughs> You're trying to get me shut down. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to get me shut down, babe. <laughs> I'm right into rom-coms and all of that uh, okay, sort of thing. Okay, fair enough. All right, then, that's um, all right, it's, then. It's by a lady called Louise Bagshaw, and she's done um, books like Glitz and Passion and okay. things like that, and um, I think another one's called What She Wants. It's very light-hearted reading. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not into sci-fi and uh, or Martina Cole novels, you know, because it's East End, you know, um, gangster type things, because I come from the East End. I'm not going to deny my roots. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I I like sort of like Martina Cole or sort of like Louise Bagshaw, which is two okay. different, completely different cool. 
That's all right. As I said before, then, you're not going to shut us down. I'm stop sweating. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I, thought, I thought people would turn around and say, I'm not reading that filth. <laughs> it is actually a bit of filth. Well, okay, fair enough. <laughs> anyway, moving swiftly on. <laughs> what is your favourite album or single or why? Or your favourite record, basically? Um, <laughs> my favourite artist is Jaheem. Okay. I love Jaheem. Mm. That's all I actually have in the car. It's yeah. ridiculous. And so to people might want to know who Jaheem is. He's an R&B artist okay. and he sings um, mainly love songs. I'm a bit soppy like that. <laughs> I, I do like um, love ballads and, and okay. so forth. But Jaheem, Jaheem's my man. Okay, fair enough. So anything by Jaheem, basically. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love him. <laughs> so when you're not doing... The planner at hand thing. I mean, that takes up a lot of time because a lot of that stuff is in the evening, isn't it? Is, is, is that it, a lot of the planning? Oh no, it's, well, it's day and evening okay. because if um, I've got admin to do that, I set my days, I organise my days that I have desk time. Otherwise, I could be out on the road searching for venues, doing site visits, networking and so forth. But you have to have time for admin. Okay. So um, a, a lot of stuff is done during the day, but I don't do a nine to five. My hours are sort of 10 till 10. <laughs> so really, with, with those kind of hours, then mm. really, what are your hobbies? So what, if you have any hobbies, do you get the chance to do anything? Hobbies, I um, I love the gym. Yeah. I've got a gym membership, so now I try to make sure I get use out of it. There's no yeah. point in me playing my monthly subscription and I'm not getting no use out of it. One of the biggest cons going. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've done it for years. I used to be with uh, gym and I was paying my monthly prescription for at least two, three years. And I think out of them two, three years, I might have gone three times. Like, Waste of money. Yeah, I mean, so, but the thing is, remember, most gyms realise that when back in the days, yeah. when you tried to cancel a gym membership, it was like trying to get released from prison. It's the same thing still. Is it? Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. So you have to give them notice if you're going to cancel or at least suspend it for a, a couple of months. But I'm trying to be healthy. Uh, you know, the older you get and you start to wisen up and eat more healthy. Mm -hmm. So now I am... my my. The gym is my hobby. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, that's a because you see, with a lot of these sort of so-called famous entrepreneurs, you see them. They're doing. I'm doing a ten-mile run and blah oh, blah I blah. Oh, I could be doing all that. And, and you know, I'm going to do a triathlon and I'm jumping out of a plane. I said, go and kill yourself. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, but I'm ruthless, like. <laughs> yes. You are. <laughs> but you know, but we're, we're talking about people who are entrepreneurs. Yeah. Is there any particular entrepreneurs that you see that inspire you? Oh, yeah. The obvious one being Michelle Obama, because, mm. you know, she's a strong black woman doing her thing. She's educated and she's done so much uh, for charities and so forth. Mm -hmm. But my first one would have probably been Alan Sugar, mm -hmm. in the sense that a barrel boy, you know, never had no education growing up and he made something out of himself and he really, really did make something of himself. And he doesn't pretend to be something he's not. Do you know something? Out of, all, out of all of them, I think, to be totally honest, he's the one that I actually prefer. Yes. I, he's got a certain authenticity about e him. Exactly. Yeah, there's exactly. A certain, something, something very authentic about him. I think some of these other guys, they're OK, but yeah. I think that to a certain extent, he was smart enough, though. Mm. When he started his name with Amstrad and the yeah. electronics and whatever, he realised that the 
Chinese and Japanese companies mm -hmm. could really make cheaper products that could easily out, out, outdo him. Uh, yeah, you know, and, and and so when that came, he was smart enough, was to, smart enough. to 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 move out of that yep. and move into property. Exactly. And like we were saying, yeah. you know, you need to think about making changes of course. as you go along. Exactly. It, it might not be what you started off with, but you just need to know when to adapt exactly. and change. And you know, he's been he's 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 definitely somebody that I would say I would aspire to be like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I think he's it's a person that you could learn from. And definitely. I think, as I said, he, he he's he tells it very much like it is. Absolutely. Um, you know, and especially like for example with that when it was the Karen Brady situation. Yes. You know, even though he, he and Philip Green are obviously friends, the yes. reality he was smart enough to be able to say that. Well, bearing in mind what she believes in mm. and what she stands for. It's going to be ridiculous for her to be working for it, um, working with him yes. on that basis. On that basis, so yeah. you know she, she had to go. So it's just one of those things. Absolutely, you know, and he so, just kept it real. Yeah, exactly, and that's what people want. So you no, know, that's I, me. I keep it real. Well, I think that's probably a, that's probably a, a big part of your personality. Do you think that's what drives people to you and your business? Yeah, some love it, some some can't handle it. Mm. Um, but you need to be, you know, transparent and you need to be honest. At the end of the day, when I am doing business with somebody, I've got to be totally honest with them. And because if I'm not, the knock-on effect is a bad event. Mm. So that's my reputation and my brand. So I need to, if I, if I think something is not right or it's not going to work... I've got to be honest. So that's a part of me. I'm going to be completely honest and say, look, that really ain't going to work, or you need to do more of this, or you need to do more of that. But you, you've got to be honest, and I can't not be. That's just... I wouldn't say it's a flaw, but it's a bonus. Let's say it's a bonus. I think that's a bonus. I mean, I, I'm in complete agreement with you on that because in terms of the way that I run PRMS, the reality for me is, is that I'm not going to take your case... Yeah if it comes down to it, yeah. that you're not going to get value. Yeah, exactly. If I can't bring you value, and, yeah. I, and I'll be honest with you, I'd say, listen, this guy's going to get ready to go to Brazil. You're not going to get your money. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's just honesty. Honesty yeah. is the best policy. Yeah. And I think that, that people respect that in the long term, and I yes. think that's very much something that you can bring to your business, and people do honour that. Yeah. Uh, they would rather you refuse their money yeah. rather than say something that that might be a benefit to them, and then afterwards people resent it. It's That's not right. where you want to be. Yeah. So we always, as entrepreneurs, are striving for success. Mm -hmm. We're always striving for success. Yes. So what does success mean to you? A good life balance. Yeah. Success isn't necessarily a financial thing to me because the whole reason for starting out on this business so I could be my own boss, so I can have my own hours. I can, yeah, definitely go for that million. But at the end of the day, it's more about freedom of mind, the mindset. It's about having a good quality of life, being able to pay my bills and being able to offer a slick and fabulous service, getting that brand out there. Good, good. So a couple of things. What is your advice to anyone thinking of starting in business? Oh, okay. Um, I would advise anybody starting out in business is prep, prep, prep. Make sure you are prepared. Make sure you've got support if you're in a relationship. 
are they are they supportive of that? Because sometimes if you're in a relationship and they're not fully on board, they can be a distraction. And the last thing you want is a distraction. If you are 100% focused on your business, you need yourself and your partner to be focused on that. I agree with that. Or at least supportive of that. I'd also recommend not overspending money that you don't have, getting offices and things like that. Check out exactly where you are financially and maybe get investment or support or sponsorship from the beginning. Get a mentor. There's so many things, so many do's and don'ts to think about. But you've got to have that willpower. You've got to have that passion and that willpower. Mm. Okay. And really, what are your plans for the future of your business? Oh, I've got so many plans. <laughs> well, I've, what, what... I've got a few things in the pipeline, excuse me, at the moment. Mm-hmm. You can keep some of those secret. That's not a pro- problem. No, <laughs> but, you know, I want to be able to have a shopfront business. Mm. In the end, within the next two years, the aim is to have a shopfront where I actually hire out equipment and so forth because people don't always want to pay for event management. They might think that they know what they're doing but from experience from going to events and stuff where i've seen people try to manage everything and they don't actually get a chance to enjoy the occasion okay i would say really think about it seriously but i want to have a shop front where we've got all the relevant equipment and items that they can literally come and purchase everything at one stop as well as get advice as well as get support And it would also provide me with a passive income because it's important to have more than one income when you're doing a business. That's my only regret in business. I think when I started, I didn't realise, I didn't understand the concept. I didn't know what the concept of of passive income was. And the fact is, it's just one of those things that's a buzzword. But as you said, it's it's a major, major, major... Major, because if I want to sell the business, I need to have something to sell. I can't sell me, so... Well, um, you can do, but you can I, end, you're going to end up like Karen Millen, and uh, yeah. she, where she sells her business. Yeah, yeah. She sells her business and she gets a nice sum for it yeah, and it works absolutely. out really well. However, then it all goes horribly wrong yeah. when she then rocks up and says, oh, I want to sell Karen Millen homeware. Yeah. And the people that own Karen Millen clothes say, hey, you just it's sold mine. this to us. Yeah, <laughs> this is all belonging to us. Yeah. There's no negotiation. Exactly, yeah. which I I found was crazy because obviously she must have realised that... It's I, two I, separate entities. Well, Why was that included in the negotiations? Well, but I don't think it, I don't think she even thought about that. Lack she, of advice. She, oh, yeah. Well, I think whoever was her, her legal people, I'm sorry, legal people, yeah. feel the pain. Absolutely. But the reality of it, that was just complete madness. Absolutely. She sold everything lock, stock and barrel. So, which is silly. Yeah, was madness so you know you're absolutely right and i think that's another thing that i always say is never have a business Mm. in your own name absolutely oh god yeah distance yourself distance yourself yourself. absolutely okay but so you've explained sort of where you would like to be in the future yeah who are the people that you would like to work with what's the kind of businesses that you, you would like planner at hand working with Large corporations, you know, that's where the big bucks are. But that's where you but come from, though, isn't that's it, That's really? where I come from, yeah. and that's what I know, and that's what I can understand. But my aim, just to secure free large corporate companies, just free, so that I can give them the attention it needs or deserves, because more than that, I think I, it will be a, too, a little bit too distracting. Yes, I can see to that. Three yeah. or four, and I'll be able to manage the big events on behalf of those organisations. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, but that's the aim. And then, uh, obviously, 
the shop front, working for corporate, and then maybe having my own because I want to have a large team that I can outsource to people. Oh, there's lots of plans for bigger, okay. bigger, bigger picture. Well, okay, fair enough. So you've told me everything and everybody who's been listening here has heard a lot about yourself as Karen and also Planner at Hand. Mm. Where can people contact you? Where can people find you? What, 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 what are you on? What? I'm everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, so, I'm so, on Insta. So, so, um, so, so what, what's your handles on this? Is it, that's okay. what they call them, yeah? What, every, on, on every single handle, it's just Planner at Hand. Lowercase or one. So it's on, on Twitter, it is at Planner at Hand. On Facebook... They can just find again, your... Planner yeah, yeah, at yeah, Hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah, But I find Facebook really quite weird because unless you have a personal Facebook page, you can't get a business one. And if I'm honest with you, I never done social media until I started my business. Yeah, I never did it either. No, so um been three years. So I'm still learning, and so I'm still tapping into it all. All of my tags is literally planner at hand. Well, that's on excellent. Insta, on on Facebook, and on um, LinkedIn, I'm just Karen Daniel. Well, what can I say? Karen Daniel, founder and director at Planner at Hand. Thank you ever so much for sharing your story, Thank sharing you. your journey and your wisdom with us here at the Cashflow Show. And we wish you every success in your business going forward. And thank you for being a fantastic guest. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. I thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Thank Take you, care. And thanks very much for listening to the Cashflow Show. We appreciate your support. Please feel free to find us on Anchor, Google, Apple and all the other podcasts, <laughs> all the other podcast forums that exist. And um, uh, please feel free to listen to us and spread the word about what we're doing here at the Cashflow Show. And hopefully you may become a guest on the show too. Take care. I'm Clayton M. Coke, your host. And thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>